Welcome to Truth Culture Life. I am Royce Hood, joined by my co-host, Father Orsi from Naples, Florida. And he's looking uh, he's looking great as always. Father, how are you doing? Good. Wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. And we are joined again. We've got a couple of guests today. We'll have Stephen Cox from LifeSite News and an author with an awesome new book. Um, we'll be having him on in, in the next segment. But right now we've got Mary Beth Bracey joining us again from Sophia Press. And she's like, I don't know how she does it because in between booking talent from Sophia Press at for shows all across the country. She also apparently writes a bunch of different books or she's involved with different books. Mary Beth, we're talking about I Believe in Love. Tell us what your involvement is. Tell us about the book. Sure. So I'm a spokesperson for this book. It's a classic book um, that has just been so life-changing that it's one of the most popular books on St. Therese available. And it's by Père Jean Delby. And the amazing thing about this book is it's really a personal retreat that you can take anywhere, but it's also something that really relates straight to the heart of each person. So even for people who aren't really quite sure what to think about St. Therese or think, oh, maybe she's too sentimental for me, um, this, is, this book is really something that you can apply to your everyday life. And it really makes St. Therese very um, tangible to us because she talks about failure. She talks about suffering and why those things happen and what we should do when we're uh, confronted with it each day. Why does um, suffering happen? Father, why, why, why do people suffer? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we just have to go back to original sin. You know, world is out of order. And what happened was with sin came sickness and death. And uh, that's where we are right now. I mean, we're looking forward to the resurrection when all of that will come to an end. But, you know, right now we're dealing with the residue of uh, the fall of Adam. And when I, know. I uh, if I ever meet him, if I get, you know, if I get to heaven, I mean, I, I got a bone to pick with him and his dear wife. They messed up everything. <laughs> right. You know, I know father sometimes suffers from uh, back pain and sciatica and so forth. So I thought and, 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 and aggravation. Maybe you're and, suffering. And, from and, and, and issues. I got all kinds of issues I'm aggravated about. You know, maybe you're suffering for the souls in purgatory. Well, I'm offering it up. I mean. I, I hope that I'll make some friends to uh, root for me, you know, when I, yeah. uh, when I, when I get, if I get there. So um, Mary Beth, tell us what, why can you summarize for it? What does St. Therese say about suffering? So she teaches us actually several lessons. One, as, as father was saying, and as you were saying, it can be also um, to offer it up for other people. It ultimately it's to help us grow in union with God and we're all kind of diamonds in the rough. So to help polish us up to get to heaven and to be the beautiful shining sons and daughters he created us to be. It also really helps us a lot in the spiritual childhood of St. Therese to grow in trust and in reliance on God. Um, again, it shows us empathy with other people. So it helps us be more charitable toward others and feel their pain, so to speak, when they're suffering. It also helps us make reparation for our own sins and to atone for the sins of others. And again, ultimately, it's for our everlasting glory. Wow. You, um, Mary Beth, you have an interesting background, uh, apart from, you know, working with Sophia Institute. You um, share the same birthday as St. Therese. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. January 2nd. Wow, that's pretty cool. And uh, and it looks like uh, just looking at some of the notes that we have, you had visited uh, her, you were able to go on a pilgrimage to her home in Carmel, 
um, and you visited France on a pilgrimage. And then you're also at the World Youth Day. I think you talked about that last time a little bit. Um, that's just super cool. Now, this is interesting. You were there when she it was announced that St. Therese would be declared a doctor of the church. What was that yes. like? Um, it was amazing. The the crowd went wild, and I actually did a cartwheel in this cartwheel in the streets of Paris. Um, so John Paul II, um, it, it was just amazing that the emotion was really intense. It was palpable. Our uh, hey, Robin Hood, yeah. Robin Hood, see if you see if you can widen the picture. I wanted to do a cartwheel now. Let me see. I was going to say the same thing, <laughs> Father. You read my mind, Mary Beth. Enactment uh, of the cartwheel. Um. I think that father would do a better cartwheel than me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I you know I have a kid uh, taking this like uh, like I don't know they call it ninja. It's not really ninja, but they like climb on ropes and they do acrobats and all these things. And he can do cartwheels. I'm thinking like, wow, I I feel like I used to be able to do those pretty well. I was pretty good at cartwheels back in the day, father. If you can believe, I that. I can't even wheel a cart. I mean, I'm doing the best I can. And what, tell me about the retreat part of this. You go on retreat with St. Teresa. What, what, what do you do? Yes. So the author, Père Jean DLB, he designed it as a series of retreat conferences. So it's something that you can read in your living room. You can take with you out into the woods, wherever um, you're most comfortable. And basically, it's a chance for God to speak to your heart. And I think that the amazing thing also is there's so many different themes about developing confidence in God, um, about, again, how we face the crosses in our lives. Also, I'm especially excited about this one chapter on the Holy Eucharist during this time of Eucharistic revival, because it really delves into St. Therese's spirituality about receiving Holy Communion and spending time with our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. And it, it also dives into how we can grow in charity toward other people and Our Lady and the saints. So there's a variety of different themes. And it's something that some people might be like, wow, this is so rich. I might just want to read one page a day. Or other people, I literally talked to somebody last week that said, I couldn't put it down. I stayed up all night. So really, however you approach it, it's definitely a blessing. Very cool. Yeah, that's a great thing because a lot of people say, oh, I wish I could go on retreat. I just don't have the time or the resources, whatever the case may be. So folks, you know, if you want to make a retreat, you could go with St. Teresa and you can purchase the book. It's like a, a how-to, right? Yes, definitely. All and right. it's her 150th birthday this year. So it's a great time to do it. All right. How about 150? Wow, time wow. flies. Yeah. Father, I didn't realize uh, you and uh, St. Therese were so close in age. Yeah, well, as I said, time flies. <laughs> <laughs> I always say, no, I'm joking. It's actually one of the mysteries, great mysteries on this show, Mary Beth, is exactly how old Father Orsi is. Nobody knows. It's a, Nobody it's a, knows. It's a closely guarded secret. But um, only, my hair, only my hairdresser knows for sure. Let's say, let's put it this way. <laughs> I've known Father for, I don't know, 12, 13 years, maybe longer now. I don't know. But he looks exactly the same as he did the day I met him. And let me tell you something else. Back when I met him, I had way more hair. And now, yeah. But, yeah. but you're losing your eyesight too, you know, slowly diminishing. Is that what the problem is? I, That's I the problem know. is. Yeah. yeah. I'm really, I'm really more decrepit than you think. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, well, this is awesome, Mary Beth. We're so excited. So where can people find this, this book? At sophiainstitute.com or wherever great Catholic books are sold. Okay. Right, well, I gotta ask you a question. Sophia yeah. comes out of New Hampshire. Yes. That's where they're based. Okay, and who's your, who's your president now? CEO. Uh, Charlie McKinney. 
Okay. Well, tell Charlie's doing a good job. I like the stuff he's putting out. I will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, actually, interestingly enough, we had a, a young lady that um, she's been on this program before and she just emailed me yesterday. They have a um, retreat lesson book for children on um, devotion to the sacred heart. And it's, but it's like a whole thing. So maybe I will have her send a copy of that to you. And you guys, I don't know how to, how do people can, how do people get stuff to Sophia? Like how does Sophia pick things to publish? Do you know? Um, so they can actually go onto our website. And I believe that there's a place where you can see the um, different requirements for submissions and so on. And they could email it. Well, there you go. So if any of our, right, what about, what about films? Do you, uh, you know, suppose somebody, you know, produces a, a movie. I mean, do you, do you take that too? Um, so we, I do not believe that we do movies at this point. However, you could definitely um, submit the the query as well. well wow. You tell you tell Charlie that I heard about this new movie coming out called Incorruptible. Father's a great and, promoter. And, and I think that uh, it would be a big hit with the Sophia Press crowd. Well, yeah, Incorruptible is... I mean, that we've been, I've been working on that thing since May and it's incredible how much work goes into something like that, right? Because it's a story and it's audio. We have, we have to have great sound. We also have, have the great visuals. Um, so the video aspect and then figuring out how to tell that story is just in, incredible. So yeah, Incorruptible Father, as always, you're a wonderful uh, promoter. Well, and, that's because I'm going to be in the movie. That's true. Yeah. Father, yeah. Am that's I great. Uh, am I playing Quasimodo this time? I don't. I'm not, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to spoil you know, who your uh, who your role is going to be. But it's going to be big, Father. You're going to uh, be big. big. You know, a lady came to me uh, just yesterday, as a matter of fact, and she's going out to Gower. She's going oh, yeah. to uh, visit uh, the you know the shrine where where Sister uh, Wilhelmina is. And uh, I said to her, I said, I know the guy who's going to be making the movie. <laughs> and she's she's all excited. She's all excited. Yeah. It's uh it's amazing how many people are going out there. Mary Beth, have you been out to Gower yet in Missouri? I have not been out, but I, I think you had one of the sisters on your show recently, right? For the, the book That's Bride right. of Christ. That's right. Jo Josepha, yeah. I believe. Sister just Mary Josepha, is that right? Yes. Yeah, we had her on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and and you you know, you don't even have to go because when you see the film, you'll feel like you're there. Kind of like the book is like a uh, retreat. That's the goal here is that we're going to have a uh, you're going to walk out of the movie, hopefully wanting to become incorrupt the way you live your life. Uh, that's that's, that's awesome. the end goal. Yeah. You know, if you end up going out there, let us know um, and certainly uh, keep me posted because I uh, well, you guys, Sophia knows some of the sisters out there, too. So that won't be an issue. But anyway, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. So, folks. All right. Check it out. Check out the the book. I believe in love, sophiainstitute.com. Mary Beth, it's always so great to have you on here. And thank you also for helping. Father, I don't know if you know this, but Mary Beth is behind the scenes helping us get some of the great interviews that we've had with the Sophia authors recently. Well, so, she's um, on, they're on my show, you know, that uh, you are the executive producer of, you know, uh, oh, you guys, Action for yeah, Life. That's right. Yeah. That's right. A lot of, a uh, lot of synergy here. Holy Spirit yeah. Action Plan. Yeah, Amen. You tell, you tell Charlie McKinney he owes me big time. Let's get Charlie <laughs> McKinney on here. It'd be fun to have Charlie. Yeah, get Charlie. Get Charlie. Yeah, Come hey, on. get Charlie. Let's do it. It'd be great to hear what he's looking for and what his uh, his plans are for for Sophia because 
I'll tell you, the Catholic world needs the kind of content that Sophia is putting out right now. Um, and, and really, the, the world beyond the Catholic Church needs it. The, the secular world needs it. Um, anyway, so great stuff. Go ahead, Mary Beth. I'll give you the last word. Oh, well, thank you very much. It's always a joy to be with you both. And I would like to wish you and your listeners a happy Feast of St. Therese a few days early. Yeah. Okay, actually, well, I'm, I'm going to wish you a happy Feast of St. Michael the Archangel today. Yes. And uh, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that's a great and it's it's all the archangels, right? Well, stop it. I'm not recognizing anybody else but Michael today. Michael, Father Michael Orson here is. Uh, yeah, you know, look, I'll tell you something, Robin Hood. All these years, like centuries, it was St. Michael the Archangel. Then all of a sudden, these big brains over there in the liturgical office in the, the Vatican decide that I got to share it with the Ralphs and the Gabriels. Well, I'm not, okay? It's St. Michael wow. the Archangel, period. The other, the other guys could have their own, but don't, don't get on my turf. Yeah. Oh, so I see what you're you're, you're saying yeah. is that he, so Saint Michael no longer has his own feast days. Yeah, I beginning. want my own. I want my own. I got it. Well, you yeah. know, Father, you're on your way to Sainthoods. Maybe one day oh. there'll be a feast day for Saint Father Michael Orsi. Yeah, the Dark Angel. The <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dark Angel, Father. <laughs> right. Oh gosh. All right. Well, Mary Beth, this co- you never know where the conversation is going to go when you're a guest on this show. And that kind of rhymed, by the way. Yeah, you never know. I don't even know what I'm going to do on this show. Yeah, well, that's the point. So most of Father's good thing you can Good thing you can censor it. <laughs> I can edit and censor it. <laughs> Father's usually much more organized. I just kind of, I shoot from the hips. That's how we, I, that's how I like to do it, though. Keep people on their toes. Mary Beth, it's awesome. I hope you'll come back. And we love, um, we love the content. SophiaInstitute.com. Check out the book, I Believe in Love. And uh, yeah, great stuff. We'll go to our commercial break. You're listening to Truth Culture Life at Catholic Spirit Radio, and we'll be right back. Hey, this is Father Mitch Pacwa, host of Open Line Wednesday. For me, Catholic Radio is a chance to speak and hear our Catholic doctrine, consider it, think about it, apply it to everyday life, and be blatantly in the public with it. And I am so thankful to you for being an important part of the Lord's plan. By participating and listening, invite others to listen and hear Open Line. Catholic Spirit Radio is hosting their next outdoor rosary event, and you're invited. On Saturday, October 7th at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, in conjunction with Rosary Coast to Coast, and along with a multitude of other people across the United States, we will pray the glorious mysteries. Bring your lawn chair, sweater, and rosary. Light refreshments and fellowship begin at 2 Meet in our North Parking Lot, Boykins Place in Normal, October 7th, Outdoor Rosary at Catholic Spirit Radio. There's a new app, so Catholic Spirit Radio listeners with new phones, tablets, and other listening devices can also listen to our programs and podcasts. Go to your Google Play or Apple App Store to find the app Catholic Spirit Talk Radio. It's free. New app, same quality programs. Why should we attend Mass? Where do we find the Mass in the Bible? For the answers to these questions and more, join Catholic Spirit Radio for its next Bible study about the Second Coming, the Bible, and the Mass. This 10-lesson video study features Scott Hahn and begins Thursday, October 12th at 6.30 p.m. The material fee is $25. Register by September 30th 
for in-person or Zoom participation. Contact Tony at 309-750-9062. A warm welcome to our new Catholic Spirit Radio listeners in Rockford. We hope you are inspired and informed by our quality programs. Tell others about Catholic Spirit Radio now heard in the Rockford area on 88.9 FM and CatholicSpiritRadio.com. Got an old vehicle taking up space in your garage or rusting outside? Catholic Spirit Radio would love to have it. Turn your worn-out vehicle into a donation. Simply call 866-628-CARS or go to CatholicSpiritRadio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link. Welcome back to Truth Culture Life at Catholic Spirit Radio. If you have not already done so, please be sure to visit us at Facebook, Truth Culture Life Pod, and also download the Catholic Spirit Radio app at CatholicSpiritRadio.com. Father Orsi was just complaining about how St. Michael no longer has his own feast day and it was combined with Raphael and Gabriel. And here's the thing. I named each, I have a lot of different boys, but I named a few of my boys after the archangels. So we have a Gabriel, a Michael, and a Raphael. Um, so I, I kind of, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree with father on this one. I get his beef, but it's kind of a, it's kind of a big party. Like we're going to have like cake and ice cream tonight. Well, I mean, just have the Ralphs and the Gabriels, the Gabes have their own. Just get out of my feast day. Okay. It's mine. You know, period for for the last 2000 years, it's mine. And now all of a sudden I got to share it and I don't want to share it. How's that? (laughs) All right. I'm going to bring in our next guest. Stephen Cox, he's an author. I know him through LifeSite News. He's got a, a really cool new book, St. Alphonsus for the 21st Century. Stephen, before we get into your book, I mean, let's go with this for a second. There's 365 days out of the year. I guess, is it unreasonable to think Raphael and Gabriel could have their own feast day? Oh, you're putting putting the pressure on me here, are you? No. Uh, well, like, I, I pray to all, the, all of them. I think they, are, they all, I think, deserving of, of their own day of special recognition as we do for St. Alphonsus. So I think, yeah, yeah. you know, they're, they're, that's not a bad thing. Well, I want to say this, Stephen. At one time, St. Michael had two feast days. One was in May. I think it was May the 30th. Yeah. All of a sudden, you get reduced from two to one third. Uh-uh. That doesn't fly. <laughs> I'm with Father. Ah, wow. Thank you. Wow. You know, Sorry, Royce. No, it's fine. I Look, I get it. I get it. So... Well, how would you like it if, you know, all the, you had your own Robin Hood feast day and all of a sudden you have to share it with a whole bunch of other people? Well, Friar what about talking Maid Marian? And, you know, did, did you, were you very impressed I found Robin Hood's grave? Yeah, I've, that's uh, definitely. Father sent me a text the other day and it was uh, it was yesterday with the, the alleged uh, site of Robin Hood's grave. And, uh, the true, yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, yeah. I, I li- I'm a fan of Robin Hood. I thought he, yeah. you know, for obvious worthy. You're a worthy, you're you're a worthy descendant, worthy yeah. descendant. I'll talk to Steve Cox. Steve, what's on your mind? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, sorry, Steve. You, came to, you never know. So, you know, this is the ADD show, right? I mean, we just bounce around like you don't even believe it. It's a lot of fun. So, Stephen's got this really cool book. Uh, there it is, Saint Alphonse, the twenty first yeah. century, a handbook for holiness. Father, I feel like I could use a handbook for holiness. Stephen, well, tell us about your book. <laughs> Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, I mean, it's a, it was a labor of love. St. Alphonsus played an immense role in really my reversion to the faith in my late 20s. Actually, interesting story. 
Uh, he was a lawyer. Sam Fonitz was a lawyer until he was 27. He lost a court case when he was 26 involving, get this, the Medici family. Of course, they're involved in everything. Um, there was some bribery involved, it was believed. And uh, when he sort of learned about that, he, he left the legal field and decided to become a priest, which he had been something mulling over for a couple of years. And, you know, so, so St. Alphonsus put himself into my life when I was 26. And I started reading his books at that time. And as you both probably know, his books are, you know, this thick. I mean, here's, I'll, I'll grab one for you. This is The Glories of Mary that he wrote. Okay. Uh, how long do you think it'd take to read that? Yeah, probably yeah. a while. So, um, you know, through the, through the last 10 years, I've uh, just um, found his writings uh, immensely beneficial, uh, spiritually just penetrating, I think, beyond anything else I had ever read. And so over the, over that period, I was taking notes, you know, I got my trusty highlighter in hand, and there were so many quotes and things that I had been collecting. I said, I have to really do something with this. This has really put me back on uh, the trajectory that I was supposed to be on in my youth, but had fallen away. And so that's the genesis of the book. It talks about a lot of topics. We can discuss those in a few minutes. But I really think his writings are needed so much for the church today because the Redemptorist order was founded by him in 1732 to tend to the most abandoned souls okay, in the Italian countryside, in the kingdom of Naples. And I think you would both agree with me. There's a lot of souls being abandoned by our shepherds today. And I think Saint Alphonsus writes the doctor. Do you want to tell us? Do you want to tell us what you mean by that? Uh, <laughs> do we need to explain? I, 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 yeah, yeah. You know, you could be a little more uh, uh, in detail what you're telling us in code. Me and Robin Hood agree with you, so don't be worried. It's only amongst us. Well, I, I think it's obvious that you know we're not being fed the spiritual truths of our faith that that had been handed on for for centuries. I mean, the Latin Mass is under attack. We're seeing um, attempts to, I think, undermine the Church's traditional moral teachings on uh, divorced and remarried, uh, homosexual blessings, so to speak. That's going on in Germany right now. And the simple thing oh, is what that about, what about the upcoming synod? Are they going to talk about that stuff too? Yeah, so actually, I just wrote a story wow. on this. The head of the Swiss. See, Robin Hood, you see, I'm on top of this. No, you, yeah, abs absolutely. You know, and, and it's happening. Some of this stuff is happening in Chicago too. It's happening. It's happening here in the U.S. Well, so go ahead. You got. I mean, look, I used to live and work in Chicago. Uh, I mean, I worked for Cardinal George, and oh, we liked him. He's I mean, nice. you, you can't. Uh, it's obvious the change that's happened under the the current. Um, occupants. So yeah, the synod is going to be, well, um, like I said, the Swiss bishops president who I just wrote about, he, he came out and said, we should have married clergy and we should have, um, what else did he say? Uh, women, women priests. Okay. This is the head of the Swiss bishops conference uh, for the bishops. So, so he's out there. There's, there's German bishops who are saying the same thing. And so brazenly speaking that, and that's not the faith of our fathers. That's not what scripture tells us about the church and the priesthood. And it's not what St. Alphonsus preaches about the priesthood. He, he, would, he would be appalled. He's rolling in his grave at this moment about what's being said and being proposed in the church at this moment. So I think his teachings and reacquainting us with the doctrines and, and the spirituality more so, this book is mostly a spiritual book, uh, is eminently uh, needed uh, in these times. So I, I hope it's a very timely book. I think people will appreciate what's inside it. Uh, where is uh, St. Alphonsus being taught today? 
are they using him in the seminaries? Uh, are they using him to give retreats? The Redemptorists used to have retreat houses. Are the Redemptorists uh, promoting him uh, as a guide? Or uh, is he kind of like uh, forgotten? Well, I, I hate to say it, but he has sort of been um, forgotten in, in, in many ways. His Moral Theology, which is a book that he wrote, it's several thousand pages long. Um, there's been a, a really more or less implicit attempt to suppress a lot of his his teachings and to twist his teachings on conscience. Uh, I was just listening actually to a um, interview with the current head of the Redemptorists. He's actually a Canadian, and he was saying things like Amoris Laetitia, what uh, has the handprints of Saint Alphonsus all over it, and I, I don't. Think oh yeah, oh yeah, I read it. I read it too, what, and it's it, 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 just why I said I said this is Saint Alphonsus. To the T. Is that yes, Father? Robin Hood? It's right there. It's it, Amoris Laetitia. It's it's all Alphonsus de Liguori and Thomas Aquinas uh, mm. and and Saint Paul. It's all of them. Oh, it's all of them. Yeah. No, keep going. <laughs> this, is, this is absurd. The head of the, the head of the Redemptors in Canada needs a checkup from the neck up. Come, wow. I said that. Yeah. Look, here's the thing. Um, there's so much chaos in the world right now. Right. And like you said, you know, that, so tell, tell us about some of the teachings. Some of, tell us about some of the subject matter in the book. Cause I know, I mean, obviously you've got a wealth of information, so share what you can with us. We're going to jump to our commercial break in a few minutes, but just kind of open it up for us. Yeah. So, so everything that St. Alphonsus says spiritually is grounded in the, in the principle of perfection. Okay. Perfection for him is uniting our will to God's will. Right. It's a very simple statement, right? But how do we do that? How do we know what God's will is? How do we know we are doing God's will? How do we show God we love him? Okay. So that untying that sort of knot is really the focus of the book in its seven chapters. So the first chapter is perfection, understanding what that looks like. How do we overcome our self-will? How do we overcome our dominant faults? What are our dominant faults? And what can we do to put into our lives that will replace those? And how do we grapple with those? St. Alphonsus also talks about prayer, a need for silence and solitude. Solitude, not just of the body. In other words, putting ourselves in silent environments where we can be alone with God, but also solitude of the heart and being sure to put God in our heart and to be present with him at all times. The later chapters in the book talk about the sacraments. So um, the sacrifice of the mass, the priesthood, he did obviously founded the Redemptorist order to, to establish uh, and form priests, as well as later chapters talk about um, vocations for nuns, uh, sin and family life. So, you know, if that's an, in a nutshell, that's really the, the sort of comprehensive overview uh, in a really quick summary. Wow. That's great. Uh, how are you distributing this book, Stephen? Where can people find it? Uh, Amazon.com is, is the best place to find it. Just type in St. Alphonsus 21st Century. Um, you can find me, obviously, on, on Twitter or, or, or uh, on LifeSite News, Stephen Cox. That's P-H-E-N-K-O-K-X. Um, but uh, Amazon is the best place. You can also email St. Peter's Press at St. Peter's Press at Proton.me uh, as the publisher. So uh, feel free to reach out either way. Yeah. So um, just for uh, folks listening, we've already said, I mean, Stephen is a journalist with LifeSite News, um, a former community college instructor. He has written and spoken extensively about spirituality, Catholic social teaching and politics. And he works at the Archdiocese of Chicago. Um, just really super incredible. Have you ever written a book before? Is this your first book? It's my first book. Um, there is a volume two, though, because, you know, interviews like this and other people I've been talking to are asking me questions about St. Alphonsus where 
you know, it's like, oh, I forgot to put that in there. I need to do more of that, you know, emphasis on scruples, emphasis on God as our friend. This is what St. Alphonse says in, in prayer. God is, we have to approach him as we would a friend. And so those are things that are coming out that I'm realizing there needs to be more on that. So I'm, I'm planning for another book, um, volume two, to come out before Christmas time. And then I have several other books uh, on the way. One which you might be interested in, we're calling it Catholic Race Theory. Okay, so this is a really interesting topic. Not many people have talked about this before, but me and a colleague, we actually coined the term. We have a series of articles that we've already published uh, on it, and we're uh, writing the the manuscript right now. It's sort of, a, I think, a, a good traditional Catholic way, a biblical-rooted way to push back against critical race theory and everything else that's going on with, with that issue in the United States. So, so a couple more to come for sure. Wow. Steven, you're a culture warrior. Um, <laughs> you I guys mean, are too. Well, yeah, we're trying. It's amazing. I mean, there's no shortage of, like I said earlier, no shortage of chaos or division in the world. And it's, it's really sad to see it within our own church. Um, I mean, I, I was in Germany a few years back and some of these cathedrals are just absolutely gorgeous. The churches there are just unbelievable. And they're empty, completely empty. Yeah, Matt, uh, there's, a, there's an old priest. He looks like he's 130 years old. And uh, there's that like, was me. That right? was me, you saw. Right? Father Worsey stands up. There's <laughs> really two little old ladies in the front and, and then us, right? I mean, it's, it. it's where are people? What, what are they doing? Right? And uh, well, the, church, the church in Germany is in a lot of trouble. You know, we were just talking earlier about, you know, the synodal way and, uh, what's going to happen in Rome, the discussions that are going to take place, a lot of it emanates out of Germany. And you know, uh, Stephen, I think, and you could, you could uh, certainly respond to this, I don't know how you get the genie back into the bottle up there. That's a great question. How do, you, yeah. how do we correct course? Well, ultimately, I think we're, we're sort of in a situation not unlike before the days of the flood. I think those who are going to respond and hear the truth um, they're t taking preparations, you know, they're shoring up their faith. They're, they're supporting those priests and communities that they know they are, where they're getting, um, where they're getting the truth. And, mm. you know, it, it's very difficult to, to convert some of these individuals as, as I think St. Alphonsus teachings plainly show that when your will is set on, on sin and, and, and evil, uh, not all these individuals are, are, have the intent and malice, but many of them do, uh, God's going to let them go on their way and, and, and have their fill and I think, unfortunately, those who are doing that are the ones uh, in control of the positions of authority right now. And so um, I think God's ultimately going to have to intervene. I think the rest of us, in the meantime, do our best to to preach the truth in season and, and out and to to say, OK. And we recognize this is what St. Alphonse also says, Father. He says, like pastor, like parish. OK, so when the priest and the clergy are leading the way towards holiness, the laity will follow that. And if they're not... And I think that's the case that we're seeing today where, where, where we have Catholics who are uh, not practicing the faith. They're not going to mass. They're cohabitating. They're having abortions. They're having divorces. Just as the same statistics as the world is, that's the fruits of, unfortunately, bad clerics not teaching them the truth. So the, the solution really is the priesthood. It's the church and, and holy priests. I, I just add one, one more last quick thing, not to be very um, uh, dark about this, but I, I, it might even take martyrdom. I think I think God really wants to see um, how far are his most devout souls, those who are given the graces to see the crisis, are they willing to lay down their lives for the church to be restored? I think that is maybe where we're going. You know, yeah. I just want to resonate with that. Uh, 
the late Cardinal George said, you know, I'm going to die in my bed. My successor is going to die in jail and his will go before the firing squad. Well, I don't know about his successor, which way he's going to go. But I think the general sense is, yeah, it's going to cause uh, some martyrdom if we're serious about living out the faith. And uh, we can see this already with the pro-life movement. Many people who are involved in pro-life are, are being martyred. Uh, they're, they're being beaten up. They're, they're being put in jail. Uh, and uh, where the, the uh, punishment for whatever crime they uh, deem has been committed, uh, really, it, it's excessive. It's excessive. So there, there is the beginning of martyrdom, uh, and I could see it coming in this country. And I think Cardinal George was 100% right. Yeah. Well, there's even the, the idea of a white martyrdom, too. It's not maybe always going to include bloodshed for everybody, but the cancellation, the cancel culture um, sure. outside the church in the, in, the, in the state. And then now maybe even in the church, those who are you know, clinging to I attend the Latin Mass, you know, those priests are being canceled, too. So being persecuted, being put underground really is, I think, a mark of honor in some ways in, in today's church and world. I think God wants to see who is going to pursue, per, persevere, I think, in many ways for that. Yeah, I just want to chime in. You know, it's interesting in working on the Incorruptible Project, one of the topics that has come up a lot, particularly with the sisters, is the age of martyrdom, the age of martyrs, which was in the early history of the church. Um, and it's interesting. So let's, a uh, little trivia. I imagine both of you will get this right, but what are the three types of martyrdom? Can anybody get this right? Yeah. You want me to do it for you? Let's see. Uh, yeah, they're Blood. Color. Blood. White and desire. Okay, what are the colors though? Do you know the colors? Red, white, and blue. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. We need a. Uh, it's close, Father. Red, white, and green. Well, close. All right. Red, white, and green. So we're gonna have. Uh, oh, I guess I was getting mixed up with something else. Red, white, and blue. Yeah, that does sound <laughs> clear. Um, white martyrdom typically defined as persecuted for the faith, never shedding bl any blood. Green, on the other hand, is more specific, focuses on extreme penance and fasting out of love of God. Um, associ usually associated with folks like hermits of Egypt who greatly influenced Irish monasticism. Uh, and red, giving up one's physical life, bearing witness unto death. Interesting. Um, I, I will say, I mean, we've been at the white level for a period of time right if you look at it uh i mean ever since i've I, I really since i can remember um in my adulthood uh there's so many examples of christians being persecuted being canceled at work being and i would argue i mean are that in, in a way you know if you're losing your job over your faith is that without shedding blood i don't know yeah, if, you're, if you're losing your job because of your faith that's kind of a it's a white martyrdom for sure uh but i mean the cancel culture in which we live right now it's a it's a white martyrdom but i'm going to say this it happens in our own church yeah okay no we have we have priests and we all know who they are and we even have uh you know some cardinals uh and bishops uh right i mean we've got a a war raging. So we have to pray for our church. Let's do that. It's interesting. You know, the church, the body of Christ is incorruptible, but man make mistakes. Men make mistakes. Right. You know, I want to ask Stephen. Yeah. yeah. I want to ask Stephen a question. Many years ago, I used to go to retreat at uh, St. Alphonsus retreat center. Uh, it was a beautiful place up in New Jersey, Long Branch, New Jersey. 
if one went on a uh, redemptorist retreat today, what would it look like? Yes, yeah, so, so redemptorists are, are very common to give missionary chapel retreats. So they would come to your community uh, wherever you're at. And then this is how they operated historically. Now today, the redemptorists, I'm more familiar with the Transalpine redemptorists and several other traditional redemptorists. So I have not been to a retreat center, but I imagine the preaching will be quite similar. And so what St. Alphonsus advised his priests to do when they would go on missionary retreats for chapels is they would preach on the four last things, death, judgment, heaven, hell. Yeah. Yeah. And and they would also always give a sermon on Mary. Okay, St. Alphonsus was devoted to the Blessed Mother. She appeared to him on multiple occasions, in fact. Um, at one point, he was levitating off the ground while giving a sermon about her. Um, actually, say, Blessed Pius IX entrusted to the Redemptorists in 1860 uh, the icon of Our Lady of Perpetual Help. So she's sort of the patron. Patron. Um, sure. Of, of their redemptress. So, so you will find very simple preaching against St. Alphonsus said, uh, I forget if I mentioned this earlier, he always said uh, he never preached a sermon that the old little old lady in the back of the church could not understand. So although he was brilliant, he wrote over a hundred books uh, with a, a core team of assistants, of course, um, and hymns. He also sung hymns on his retreats that he gave personally. He wrote over 50 hymns and, and songs and little tunes. Um, he, he always preached on Mary and as well as the mercy of God too. So the four last things, but also remembering to, to, to give people hope because that's, I think, what we really need to also give people is to not say, oh, it's it's all just doom and gloom. You're all just going to hell. Uh, the church is just completely getting eradicated, as, as, as we see. But there has to be hope, right? St. Alphonsus always said, make sure you leave the people with, with hope. And I think that's what you would get in a in a sound retreat given by a good redemptorist priest who, who really understand understood their family. I remember, I remember years back, uh, in the parishes, I, when I was a boy, uh, that they would have a uh, parish mission, yes, and redemptorists, yeah, the redemptorists would often come, and they'd come as a team. Maybe uh, two or three of them came, and it would last, believe it or not, a month. And <laughs> the month was one week for married men, one week for married women, one week for single men, one week for single women. And then they'd go to the school during the day and give retreats to the kids. So it was a, a special event. It's amazing. It's such a sad thing that that's not the case anymore. We, we need yeah. that for sure. And, and St. Alphonsus, again, he, 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 did, uh, he write letters to nuns. He, he encouraged young uh, single women to, to become uh, women religious. He, he encouraged, actually persuaded his, his niece, uh, his, his brother. Uh, the Anglicanized name is Hercules, but I believe it's called Ercole. Er in Italian. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so he, he persuaded his daughter to become a nun. And he wrote to single young men as well who are pursuing or I think in the priesthood. And, and so he was very successful evangelist in, in so many ways. And it would have been a treat to have been on any of those retreats that you're talking about, Father. Those yeah. Missions. You know, I hope, I hope that your book gets uh, you know, wide distribution. Uh, I don't think there's anything uh, that presently being written that could measure up to when you get to a saint like Alphonsus. I mean, this was fantastic stuff. We just talked about uh, uh, St. Teresa, Little Flower, and there's a nine-day retreat uh, that's been published in, in a book by Sophia Press. These things have to get into people's hands. I mean, certainly if somebody comes to me, I'm not going to give them a copy of Amoris Laetitiae, which is, of course, in the tradition of Alphonsus, but I guess... Uh, 
Most people wouldn't understand that. Neither do I. But why don't you get like, get Stephen's book, folks. Get the book and 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 get the and and and, and see what's really going on with Alphonsus. That's a commercial. We're going to post links on our Facebook page. And uh, when we do the replay page at Catholic Spirit Radio, we'll have a link uh, to your Amazon as well. Um, let's do this. Let's jump to our commercial break. If Stephen can stick around for a minute, when we come back, I want to hear about his reversion and kind of what, what he was doing before that and then some of the circumstances around that because I think that'd be really, really interesting. And We can talk a little bit more about his book. And there's a few headlines as well. A lot of uh, news circulating, so we want to get to that. Stick with us. Truth Culture Life. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Father Mitch Pacwa, host of Open Line Wednesday. For me, Catholic Radio is a chance to speak and hear our Catholic doctrine, consider it, think about it, apply it to everyday life, and be blatantly in the public with it. And I am so thankful to you for being an important part of the Lord's plan. By participating and listening, invite others to listen and hear Open Line Catholic Spirit Radio is hosting their next Outdoor Rosary event, and you're invited. On Saturday, October 7th at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, in conjunction with Rosary Coast to Coast, and along with a multitude of other people across the United States, we will pray the glorious mysteries. Bring your lawn chair, sweater, and rosary. Light refreshments and fellowship begin at 2. Meet in our north parking lot, Boykins Place in Normal, October 7th, Outdoor Rosary at Catholic Spirit Radio. There's a new app. So Catholic Spirit Radio listeners with new phones, tablets, and other listening devices can also listen to our programs and podcasts. Go to your Google Play or Apple App Store to find the app Catholic Spirit Talk Radio. It's free. New app, same quality programs. Why should we attend Mass? Where do we find the Mass in the Bible? For the answers to these questions and more, join Catholic Spirit Radio for its next Bible study about the Second Coming, the Bible, and the Mass. This 10-lesson video study features Scott Hahn and begins Thursday, October 12th at 6.30 p.m. The material fee is $25. Register by September 30th for in-person or Zoom participation. Contact Tony at 309-750-9062. A warm welcome to our new Catholic Spirit Radio listeners in Rockford. We hope you're inspired and informed by our quality programs. Tell others about Catholic Spirit Radio now heard in the Rockford area on 88.9 FM and catholicspiritradio.com. Got an old vehicle taking up space in your garage or rusting outside? Catholic Spirit Radio would love to have it. Turn your worn-out vehicle into a donation. Simply call 866-628-CARS or go to catholicspiritradio.com to click on the Donate Your Vehicle link. Welcome back to Truth Culture Life at Catholic Spirit Radio. So excited to be with you today. And uh, wow, what an interesting show. We've, we've had a few powerhouse uh, saints that we're talking about. Uh, we're recording this on what used to be this, the Feast of St. Michael, and now it's the Feast of the Archangels. No, no, no. Uh, Fathers just agrees. Anyway, so um, all right, Stephen, you you talked about a little bit how Saint Alphonsus played some role in your reversion. Tell us about your. Tell us about you a little bit. I mean, where what were you doing before? What happened? Give it. Give us some context. Yeah, so I I grew up in a, a fairly large extended family. I have three siblings. My mom is one of seven. My dad's one of four. And uh, all Polish Catholics. And so growing up, we, we had all the traditions. At Christmas, we would eat opatki. 
and uh, you know we would have kibasa and pierogies and all the the ethnic food that the Polish love to have. And I grew up and, and went to Catholic school my whole life, high school, grade school, high school, college, and even graduate school in Chicago at Loyola. Um, but it was around um, you know my first two years in college where. I was uh, just, you know, I wasn't really enamored with my faith. I knew the, you know, teachings. I've been taught it my whole life. Uh, culturally, was was very much Catholic. But when that first opportunity came uh, in those college years to to not go to mass, because no one's forcing you to go, um, you know, your parents aren't there to keep an eye on you and say, are you attending mass this weekend? Um, I just kind of fell through and, and you sleep in, you, you know, go do some other things. And uh, actually I was put on academic probation my first semester. Uh, oh yeah. I was put there too once. <laughs> I, I made, I made the Dean's list. That's yeah, another I story. I, I might <laughs> be on academic probation actually. Probably- <laughs> Robin, Robin did, you ever, did you ever get on academic probation? Oh yeah. Oh, listen, I, I was intimately familiar with like all the nooks and crannies of, uh, of the detention room too. I mean, I, I had it mapped out. Yeah, yeah, I knew well, where to sit so that you kind of got overlooked. Um, you know, the, anyway. Yeah, I was there. I, I came about that close to getting thrown out. But uh, you know what happened in Vietnam came, and uh, I had a low number. I got very smart. And, like in one semester, I became a genius. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Spirit filled you. Scared me straight. <laughs> yeah, the road to holy no- holiness, the uh, windy road. So keep going, Stephen. This is great stuff. Well, I mean, I, you know, through a number of people, I, I got involved in various campus activities and just extracurriculars, you know, student senate. I was an orientation leader for incoming freshmen. And through those experiences, I really sort of widened my, my, my network of friends. And, and just through that, understood there's a lot more people out here who are living very holy lives and very inspirational to me. And so and anyway, long story short, I started going to mass again and, you know, started asking questions, you know, like, What's going on in the church? What happened? Why didn't we? Why did we change the Latin Mass? What, what happened at Vatican II? So I started asking questions. Um, and in my early and mid twenties, I was living with a friend, and I think I mentioned we were just discussing like spiritual topics. We wanted to know more about the issues in the church. And you know, we were googling Saint Pius the Tenth, Pope Leo the Thirteenth, uh, the Council of Trent, and you know, around this time. Uh, this is when I, my friend had had tons of books on St. Alphonsus just laying around his living room. I said, hey, what are those? Because I'd never read St. Alphonsus before. And just started flipping through the pages. And within a matter of weeks, this is the really interesting part. I put it in the book's introduction. Like there was a lot of paranormal stuff that happened in the house at that time. And my, my roommate was making a sort of conversion as well. And he'd grown up Catholic. Um, there was uh, his phone. Okay, the number is six 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 would call his phone. Okay, that was like a number that was dialing into him. He'd answer it and just blank. Um, we had uh, uh, next to my bed at night. I would sleep with my missile and my rosary, and in the morning those items would be on Whoa. the other side of, of the room. Okay, and there's a whole bunch of other things too. The the, the room the uh, the window in my room, there would be it was like the blinds. There'd be like a finger flicking. At least it sound like that. The blinds at night as I'm trying to go to bed. And this is so I, this an apartment. Yeah, it was just his house. So okay, so he, he bought he he bought owned the house for a year or two, and I moved in around I think it was Christmas time, and all these things start happening as I'm starting to learn about Saint Alphonsus. So we actually had a priest come and do an exorcism of the house. We were convinced it was extremely diabolical, and actually all of that 
stopped uh, right after that. But you know, me and him understood. Yeah, uh, this this was something that the devil wanted to make his displeasure known to us. And you know, I just said, hey, I'm going to keep reading Saint Alphonsus because that seems to be the solution or the cause of of some of this. And so that was the sort of genesis of it all. And uh, uh, yeah, so it was it was a long journey from from 19 to around 26, 27. But um, I had yeah. So it it was an interesting one for sure. No, one thing I was going to say, um, without getting into the, the, the spiritual aspect of it, if any parents are out there and, and your, your kids have, you know, friends or they're living with friends in college or whatever, and you go over and you see books of St. Alphonsus on the coffee table, that's probably a good sign. I mean, there's all sorts of different magazines and nonsense that could be, you know, that you would, that you could imagine would be in like a college, uh, coffee table right in a college dorm or post-college dorm setting so to me that would be like okay good good sign like i like i like this guy yeah (laughs) so but but apart from the fact that you're you're annoying the devil but hey we don't mind pissing off the devil here and there right i mean that's our that's our job that's why that's why you need saint michael i mean he's the one that you know threw satan out of heaven right yeah used to say saint michael the archangel prayer right defend us yeah we powers of evil saint michael yeah yeah. I mean, do you see why I'm agitated today? Do you understand yeah. where I'm yeah. coming from? You know, there is a St. Gabriel prayer too, though, Father. Yeah, but he didn't throw the devil out of heaven. That's true, but, you know, he's yeah. got – St. Gabriel's pretty awesome. I mean, come on. He, well, you do, know, know, do you know what it means, Gabriel? Yeah, God is my light, I think, or God is my strength. Yeah, strength. God is my strength. And, and what about Raphael? Raphael. I know he's a healer. Let's That's see, right. Steven, you know, Remedy. Not, Remedy of God. Remedy, Remedy of, God. of God. There you go. Yeah, so I mean, so we, we always know, give them give them their day. You know, give them their day. I'm not begrudging them a day, but this is mine. Wow, we're gonna have to do something yeah. about this. So, yeah. Stephen, I'm. Super- hey, look, I call if you call up the Pope and you tell him it's me. I'm sure that uh, he'll take care of you. I'm sending him a letter, Father. <laughs> yeah, just mention my name. I will. Tweet, you you gotta tweet him. Tweet him. I'll get. I'll get. I'll get. I'll get canceled. I'll get canceled too. <laughs> if uh, Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, replies to his own tweets, it'd be nice if some of these other folks did too. Uh, yeah. You know, Father does his own tweets. I think right. Uh, every once in a while, if I'm agitated enough. Is that what they're called? Are they still called tweets? I don't even know. I don't know. The they're, X's they're called. Po- they're posts now. They changed. Oh, their post. Posting on X is what we do. Yeah. Oh, posting on X. So I I didn't do that yet. You know, I kind of learned some lessons. You know, sometimes I'm I'm in a bad mood about something and then I, 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 you know, you put it on Facebook or you put it on a tweet or a post, whatever it is. And then I say, maybe I shouldn't have done that. It's there forever, you know? Yeah. uh, There is a delete button, Father. Uh, Yeah, but it still still goes out to like a whole (laughs) bunch of people. I mean, you know, that's true. It's out there and then. You know, and then and then for the rest of your life, I mean, like, you know, when I decide to run for office, they're going to have all that stuff there. Yeah. Father Orsi, you know, I have seen Father Orsi in good moods and I've seen Father Orsi in bad moods. Yeah. You don't want to see that. No, it's scary. But um, (laughs) the, the spiritual warfare stuff is so interesting. And it's amazing how people that it like I've interviewed Father Carlos Martins, who is the um the host behind the Exorcist Files. And which, when that came out, it was like the number one um, podcast in America for months. And I think they just, they're well over 3 million downloads. And it's just really been successful. And it's interesting because it's a lot of non-Catholics, people that are just interested in sort of the horror genre. 
And it's so well done. Have you heard it by any chance? Have you listened to it? Steven? I, I haven't. I haven't heard it. Stephen, what about you? I haven't, no, but I, I actually, interesting little side note on that. I, I just wrote a story on Bill O'Reilly. You know who Bill O'Reilly is? He's a former Fox oh, host. Yeah. And um, he was uh, being interviewed by Tucker on his on his show for X, like Wednesday. And he was saying something about how he was researching the history of the Exorcist movie, right? The famous 1973 movie and how um, the Jesuit priests who, who were doing the exorcism were we're making no, and, and I'm sure you would probably know this, like the, 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 the boy who was being exercised or, or somebody who, who was involved in this um, was 15 and he was speaking like an Aramaic and, and Latin and, and, and shouting things. So all that possession is so obviously true, which is, you know, atheists and non-believers, they can't deny that stuff. Like 15 year old kid is not learning Aramaic in the U.S. anywhere. Right. Like it just right. those things are, are not coincidental. Yeah, you can't just prove it through science, right? That's one of the things they uh, they look for. It's fa- it's a fascinating subject because it's really eye opening to the spiritual warfare around us. And uh, so, without giving a plug, and, and I guess I will give a plug if anybody out there is interested, check it out. The Exorcist Files. Um, and what's interesting about it, Fa- Father Martins does a great job of kind of going into the um, the the history of the saints, and he talks about the saints, and he talks about. Um, a lot of the social teachings and the things that we can do to sort of protect ourselves. So it's, it's really great. So hearing that, hearing that experience that you've had, Father, I'm sure you've blessed a few houses in your day. Um, I have. And uh, one of the prayers that you do use is to keep the power of the evil one outside the home. Some people are convinced that there's an evil spirit in the house. And then I'll do uh, an informal ed- exorcism. Uh, what we would call an exorcism though, uh, in a house, uh, a person is exercised. Uh, a place is is um, I forget what the term we used. It wasn't the, to exercise the house, but uh, it, it with special prayers in the home to remove the demons from the house because the house is obsessed. A person is possessed. Mm. Yeah, uh, and I've heard oppressed. Is that is that right too? A, pre- a person yeah, can yeah, be oppressed also. Yeah, a person can be oppressed. Uh, without being possessed. In other words, you're being attacked. Right. Interesting. So but what the, would that- the possession, possession, uh, the, the actual evil spirits or spirit, devil, Satan at the bottom of it all has actually uh, come into the person's body. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, crazy stuff. And it's interesting that the um, something that you were doing, maybe it was the as your journey increased in your faith that that triggered that opposition. Um you know, well, you know, we're talking about the movie, The Exorcist. Uh, I was in the seminary at the time, and I met the priest that uh, informed Peter Blatty, William Blatty, uh, about the case. And the priest uh, was a Jesuit. I think he was originally in St. Louis. I met him when he was at St. Joseph's University in Philadelphia. And uh, he said the actual case was worse than we saw in the movie. So. Yeah. No. Yeah, and uh, there are some um, inaccuracies in the movie, obviously, that Hollywood threw in there. One of the big ones that Father talks about is how the uh, the uh, priest jumps out of the window to uh, sort of kill, sacrifice yeah, right. himself, yeah. which is completely absurd um, and did not happen in that instance. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, so things like that, uh, that's fascinating. The story uh, some of these stories are just mind-boggling. Well, Stephen, we'll have to have you back. We'll talk about some of the mystical stuff. 
uh, and I didn't know that St. Uh, Alphonsus uh, levitated. That to me is super cool. We, my family and I just watched the, um, uh, the reluctant saint, the story of St. Joseph Cupertino, who of course was a flying saint. It was just, oh, that stuff is so cool. Like, could you imagine? I'm convinced. Yeah, I want to say one, I want to say one other thing before Stephen leaves us. Now, you know, certainly I'm, I'm very impressed by the fact that you know, when you went to college, uh, where was the college you went to? Uh, Aquinas College in West West Michigan, Grand Rapids. So small liberal okay. arts school. Okay, and your roommate uh, had uh, copies of books by Saint Alphonsus. Uh, after after college, actually, after graduation, after we, we we connected. Yes, but we were friends. In Where college, did he? Yeah. How did he come in contact with Alphonsus? Well, I I think I'll show you. Um, some of these old books, these are the, the old reprints, right? You've probably seen them on, uh-huh, on right. Amazon and, and elsewhere, right? The, the old reprints, I think for the, someone reprinted them in the 80s. And I think he just got them from like rummage sales from local churches huh. uh, that were just throwing them out. I mean, a lot of these churches in the area, they just you know, have these right. book sales and it's like a dollar for a book. So That's the way to do yeah. it. You know, um, I encourage people uh, to go to traditional colleges. They're small. We talked about, we had Benedictine on, we had Thomas More uh, in New Hampshire, and uh, there's a couple of other really good uh, colleges. They're small, but they're traditional. But they'll come in contact there with these great works of Christianity, the great works of the saints and the churches. That's where you come in contact with some really good, wholesome spirituality. Lives of the saints, they don't talk enough about the lives of the saints anymore at all. And it's so yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. How they lived, why, you know, yeah. why they were focused on the things they were focused on and some of the, uh, some of the, the examples that people can relate to, you know, some of the, the mistakes that they made uh, right. in their path to holiness. Yeah. A lot of these saints were troublemakers early on, right? Just like Father O used to be. No. <laughs> But uh, this is great stuff. You know, I think we're about out of time today, Stephen. So much fun having you on. I hope you'll join us again. You're welcome anytime. Hey, thanks for being with us. God bless you. Keep up your good work. Guys, Truth Culture Life, Catholic Spirit Radio, and we're all all out of time this week. Thank you, Father, for being here. We'll see you next week. All righty. All right. God bless you. Bye.